welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Trevor Estes. Enjoy. about this. Light in the darkness. This is what we titled this morning's message. Light in the darkness. And this is kind of our theme. Uh, We also, alternatively, we've called this fingerprints of God. The reason why is because we recognize, I recognize um, that there's been a a lot of difficult circumstances that that our whole world and our local church family are navigating uh, these last few years. Um, I think that's probably true of, of humanity always, the human experience. This last two years has been especially rough, uh, I would say. I, I would say as a, as a pastor, I've never experienced such a sustained uh, time of just difficulty within families, uh, within the church that we're walking through together. Uh, and it's, it's been challenging. And in the midst of that, we see, we see God at work. And we've seen God's faithfulness in the midst of, uh, of even, the, even the, the, the difficult circumstances. We've seen God at work. And we want to cultivate eyes to see that, not to ignore the difficult things. Um, we don't want to pretend like those things aren't there and kind of hide our heads in the sand and just pretend like everything's great. There's some really hard things going on, and we want to walk with one another through that. And in the midst of it, something that sustains us and that builds our faith is to look for what God's doing and to be able to see that and celebrate it because um, that's what sustains our faith for, for the way on. And, uh, you know, that's been true of God's people throughout human history, that whenever times were tough, they leaned into the stories of what they had seen God do in the past, what they did see God doing now, to trust that God would continue to be involved in their future and that he was bringing all things to, to redemption, that it won't always be like this, that he is making all things new He's not abandoned his creation. And so for our text this morning, we, we chose Psalm 107, uh, just verses one through nine. This isn't the whole Psalm. Um, encourage you to go and read the whole Psalm yourself, but we thought we'd just read the first nine verses. This is what the psalmist said. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. That's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna tell some stories. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, their lives ebbed away, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. That is the nature of our God. It's the nature of our world is that it's often uh, barren. And the nature of our God is that he's always good. And so that's what we're gonna lean into today. I thought I'm gonna start with one story of my own. Uh, that just happened a few weeks ago. And by the way, all the stories we're sharing, uh, some of them are a culmination of things that have been going on for a long time, but they're all things that are just current. We didn't want to lean into the stories from like 
1987, even though the 80s were probably the best decade ever. Um, but we wanted, to, we wanted to lean into stuff that's fresh because there's fresh manna that sustains us in the desert. So um, two weeks ago, on a Sunday morning, uh, I was teaching, I was just wrapping up the morning, and a family came up, and, uh, and they waited for me. I was praying with a few people, and they waited patiently. And uh, I, could, I could sense that they were you know, waiting to talk to me specifically. And so I, I wrapped up with the people I was with, and then I, and I started talking to them, and they said, you know, um, we just wanted to give you these. And they gave me a, a stack of Winco gift cards, like preloaded Winco gift cards. And they told me a little bit of a story about how they came about having these. And they said, we want you to, to, to have these, and we want you to do with them whatever it needs to happen with them. As, as you see fit, you get to, to spend these. And I said, okay. And, and my mind started racing. I started thinking about some things that were, were happening around here that maybe they could be, you know, we could use those to meet some needs in our church family. And what I didn't realize is that I was going to be on call that week. Uh, we always have one pastor on call, uh, and so that's a number you can find. If you, if you ever call the church office and we're closed, one of the things that is, is on the, the church voice message is a number, because we always want a, a pastor to be available, especially to pray with people if there's a crisis or, or, or some sort of pastoral type need. We can't always help with like financial assistance, but, but we're there to, to be available to pray with people, to, to counsel with people, um, whatever's needed, right? And so... Um, that, that rotation starts every Sunday morning and goes to the following Sunday morning. And, um, and I, hadn't, I didn't know I was going to be on call that week. So I didn't find out that afternoon until my phone rang and it wasn't a number that was in my contacts. And I was like, oh, I must, I must be on call. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, so I had these gift cards and I was on call. And I, I won't go into all the stories. I want to share one story specifically. But I will tell you, I had three single moms with many kids that I got to help that week with gift cards that I didn't know that was going to be a need, but God did. Um, but one call in particular. So, so I got one call. This was on, a, on Wednesday. I got a call. It was towards the end of the day, and it was a dad, and he said, he said do you have any assistance for people that are just traveling through your city? And I said, well, I, I don't know. Tell me, tell me what's going on. And he said, well, my family and I were trying to make our way from Minneapolis to uh, Minnesota, actually. I don't know if it's Minneapolis, but trying to make our way from Minnesota to Corvallis, Oregon. And, uh, and we set out on what was supposed to be just a few-day trip. We're moving there. It's had some, some difficult things happen in, in Minnesota, and we're just we're starting over. There's a job opportunity in Corvallis, and so we're heading there. And I said, but we, we set out for what was just supposed to be a few days in our truck with everything in our camper on the back, and, uh, and we had a, our, our truck broke down somewhere in Colorado. And it took everything that we had to get it repaired. It was pretty expensive. And so we're just kind of limping our way across the country trying to get to Corvallis. And, uh, and so we're, we're wondering if you have any assistance. And he said, we've been, out, we've been here for two weeks now. I said, tell me about your family. He said, well, we've got a, a one-and-a-half-year-old and a, a three-year-old living in a truck. So this is an extended cab pickup with a camper shell on the back with all of their possessions in the back. And this is like winter. Like this was a Wednesday night two weeks ago. It was snowing that day. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, Mitchell and Lindsay are two of our, our staff team, and, and they've got a little guy named Cedar who's 18 months old. And so when he said we've got an 18-month-old, I thought of Cedar, like, trying to sleep in a truck for two weeks with his dad starting the truck periodically to keep it warm during the night. And I, I said, well, I said, where are you right now? And he said, 
He said, we're, we're parked in front of the rescue mission. I said, are you going to be staying in there tonight? He said, well, we're going to stay in front of it. We, we, we're, we're not going to go inside to stay the night because the rescue mission's for men and the city light shelter's for women, but we, we're trying to stay together with our, our little kids. So we're just going to stay in my truck and I'll start it every now and then and keep us warm. He said, but we're parked there because we're going in for a hot meal when they, when they open at five. I said, so what do you need? And he said, we need gas. He said, I think it's, it's going to take me two tanks of gas to get to Corvallis. And, uh, and I said, is there anything else? He said, he said, anything would help. That's the biggest need. I said, well, so we don't have any gas, gas voucher program. Uh, and we do have financial assistance, but you actually have to apply for it. So it's not immediate. Uh, uh, so, it, you know, it sounds like you're trying to get out of town as soon as possible and keep going. I said, but what we do have, we have a food pantry. And, um, and we've got stuff there. I could hear the 18-month-old the, the in the background. And I said, we've got diapers. I said, do you need diapers? He said, yeah, that would be really helpful. And, and I said, what size, what size does your, your baby take? And he said, and so he asked his wife, and I could hear his wife in the background. And, and then I heard his wife say, ask him if they have pull-ups too. And he said, do you have pull-ups? I said, yeah, what size do you need? We probably do. And so he told me, and, and then his wife said, just tell him that we need stuff that we can't, that we can't cook. So it needs to be stuff that's, that's you know, ready to eat and, and requires just the kind of refrigeration that would be sitting in the back of a cold camper. And uh, I said, okay, I'll, I'll, let me work on that. And he said, the only thing is, he said, you're going to have to, he said, if, if, you'll have to bring it to me because he said, I just have enough gas to get us through the night. I can't come to you to pick it up. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. You go ahead and go grab your dinner and I'll, I'll bring it to you. So I hung up. Got a description of his truck so I know who he was and where to find him. And I, I, I went out to the, our food pantry and started assembling a box for him. And, and right as I was leaving to grab it, I remembered the Winco gift cards. And I thought, I'll grab some of those so that I, whatever I, I can't get in the box, they can go down to Winco and they can get whatever else they need. And then I checked and there's actually a Winco in Corvallis. And, and so I thought, even if they, if they you know, don't use it all here, when they get to Corvallis, they'll have a little bit of a cushion to, to get some groceries. And, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm just thinking about my own kids. My, and, and in fact, the story I remembered, as, as I was like listening to him tell a story, I was remembering my dad telling me a story just a few weeks before. He was telling my, me and my, my daughters about it, about a time when he was trying to get our family across Oregon to get to Idaho, to get back to Boise in an old white panel van that broke down and how the kindness of strangers got us, got us home. And, and, and this was like, you know, when I was a little kid. So this is 45 years later, my dad's telling me the story and it still has powerfully affected him because of just being a dad trying to get his kids across the country, his family. And so I, I, just, I just thought about that story and I thought, this is actually, I kind of get to pay it forward, you know, from, from that thing that happened 50 years ago. I don't know how long ago. Anyway, so I remember the gas cards, or the, or the Winco cards, and then as I'm filling the box out of the food pantry, and, and, and you know, because we have a food pantry because we have such a generous church. And, that's, and, and I was able to get canned foods. I was able to get bread, cheese. I was able to get pre-made salads from, from Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and sandwiches and all kinds of stuff. I was just like this bounty of food I was able to put together in a box and diapers and, and shampoo, like everything. And, um, but I remembered that just a couple days before I'd had a conversation with a new friend that I met at my gym. And um, his name's Garth. Garth doesn't go to the church, but Garth and I were just talking in the locker room and he found out I was a pastor. And, 
And so we'd had that conversation. The next time we ran into each other, he said, hey, by the way, my wife and I would like to do something for Christmas for somebody. Do you guys have any projects that you're working on that we could contribute to? And so I, I told him about a couple things that were happening here that he might be able to, to help with. And, and, uh, and he said, okay, let me talk, talk, talk to my wife and I'll get back to you. And so we left the conversation there and we texted a little bit. But as I was doing this, I thought, hey, maybe Garth would like to buy this guy's gas. And so I texted him and I, said, I described the situation to him briefly. I said, do you want to fill up this family's truck with gas? And he said, I would love to do that. I said, I, he said, I'm, I'm in Nampa. I can't get to you right now. But if, if you do it, I'll reimburse you. I said, okay. So I go downtown. I find this, Travis and his family. I find him. And uh, sure enough, they're in their truck parked in front of the mission and uh, delivering the groceries. They're very appreciative. And I said, okay. And on top of this, here's two, here's two gift cards to Winco. And you can go down the street, look at what's in the box, look at, find out what, what we are able to provide there and, and whatever else you need, you can go get at Winco. And then anything you don't spend, just hold on to those cards because they'll still be good for you when you get to Corvallis. And he's like, great. And I said, and then last of all, I've got a friend, Garth, who uh, wants to fill up your truck with gas. And so if you follow me, we'll go down to the, the gas station over here. And so he said, really? I said, yeah. So he follows me. It took 80 bucks to fill his tank with gas. I mean, he was on empty. And, uh, and it was, and I, I walked away from that and I thought, and it, so as I'm filling up his tank, we we're just talking and he said, you know, he said, we broke down in Colorado and if it wasn't for, you're now the third church who has helped us get across the country. And he said, I wouldn't, my family wouldn't be, wouldn't be surviving this without just the kindness of churches. So thank you. And, he, and, and then he said, please thank your church. And so on behalf of Travis and his family, thank you. Um, I, I was like this. I got. A, I was a very small part of this. I just got to be the conduit for the Winco gift cards that were passed from uh, from the church, from our food pantry. I got to to go and assemble that stuff, and then and then I got to to you know connect Garth in this need, which um, Garth did come and reimburse all that and and um, and more. Um, and then I, I reached out to Travis after uh, I waited for a couple of days. Actually, one morning during. Our worship and prayer time, I thought about him. I was praying for him and his family. And so I, I just texted him and said, hey, did you guys make it to Corvallis? And uh, he said, yeah, we did. And he, he just said, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your church. I'll never forget what you did. So um, that's, that's God at work. Yeah, let's celebrate that. That's the, in, you know, we talk about the invisible God made visible. That's the invisible God made visible. That's God's light breaking into a dark situation. And that's the seeds of the gospel being planted in hearts. That's a story, I promise you, Travis is going to tell that story to those two kids someday and, and say, you know, here's what happened and, and here's who did it. It was, it was people who were showing what God's love is like. So that's one, one story. Um, secondly, Whittier Elementary. Uh, Every Christmas for about eight or nine years now, we've been partnering with Whittier Elementary. Whittier is a public elementary school that we um, have partnered with to provide Christmas gifts for the, for the, the kids in the school. Uh, this year, we had to make a pivot where we weren't able to deliver the gifts on campus, we got, but we got to instead throw a party here on our campus and invite those families here. And so that was a real win on so many fronts. We were really excited about that pivot because we got to provide a, a greater environment. We got to throw a party. We got to, um, to welcome whole families and interact with whole families. So we were really excited about that. 
uh, Rihanna, our director of all of our in Garden City, for Garden City ministries, she, um, she, she coordinated that and we had volunteers there and had some great parties. And we had some communication you know, breakdowns. This is the first time we've done this. And between us and the families, we had some communication that got lost. People didn't quite know what to expect. So we ended up with more gifts than, than what we needed. We didn't have every gift get picked up. And so last week, we had to kind of pivot and figure out, okay, how do we get these out to the families? And so we sent out emails throughout the school, and, and we did have families come pick them up, but we still had a lot left. And so we said, okay, God's not surprised by this. What are we supposed to do with these? These still need a home. These are supposed to go to, to families that are in need. These are supposed to go to kids that, that are going to get the message that the kindness of strangers, that this is a, it's a seed for the gospel. It's a, it's a parable of the gospel, that God loves people. It's undeserved, surprising kindness. And so, um, you know, we, we, we said, you know what? We know, we always say to the church, we, we don't, we, we can't like write Christian messages in the boxes and stuff like that because we're, we're partnering with the public school district but um, we can saturate those boxes with prayer. And so we said, you know, these may not be going to the kids that we thought they were going to, but they're going to kids that God knew they were going to, and we've been saturating with prayer, so let's find those. So um, we, sent, we partnered with River Hills Vineyard. River Hills is a vineyard church plant that came out of us a couple years ago, right before COVID. Uh, they meet in a hotel by the airport. They meet in the convention part of a hotel, and they've been reaching out to the, the people that live at the hotel. Uh, that hotel is no longer, it's not like a night-by-night rental type place. It's month-by-month. It's actually local people who, are, who can't find housing anywhere else are actually renting rooms at the hotel month-by-month. And so River Hills has been, um, has been trying to connect with and serve and love those, those families and people that are there. So we reached out to Jeremy and Stephanie at River Hills and said, could you guys get any of these out? And they had just done a big dinner for, their, for the hotel community on Sunday night. And they said, yeah, we'd love that. And so we sent some with them. They put an impromptu team together. They took them. They went door to door in the hotels that they're, that they're partnering with there and, um, and got to give them out and even got to pray with some people. They said, we had some amazing encounters because um, we got to, to hand them out and, and actually pray with some people. So um, that happened. Uh, we also partnered with a parachurch organization that specifically uh, serves refugee families and helps refugees that are coming into our valley get resettled. And we said, you know, could, and, and they're, they're a parachurch organization. They don't operate as a, as a Christian organization specifically, but we know their leadership and their heart and why they do what they do. And so we partnered with them, and they're taking them to, uh, with some of the gifts to some families that, um, that are also in need right now and are just trying to get established after arriving in our valley. So that was two of our needs. And then Rihanna, um, she had wanted to hold on to some to, uh, for a specific project that she had in mind. So Rihanna, do you want to come up? And share what you did with yours. Sure. Um, so the instant it became clear that we needed to pivot, I knew that I wanted to take some of the gifts out to the trailer parks and in Garden City. I had one that was particularly on my heart. It's just like a block down from our church. So the team here um, loaded up our excursion, the the church vehicle, just with gifts. And I gathered some people and and we just went to the trailer park knocking 
just door to door. And it became clear that, that it really was a, a need in the community. So it was, it was a lot of fun to deliver those. Um, but one particular home was really, really cool because we, we, we knocked on the door and this lady answered. And when I explained um, what we were doing and the gifts that we had for, for kids that we were giving out, um, her eyes immediately went wide. And she said that, that she had literally prayed for this and that we were, we were answering her prayer right now. And so my, my dad was there. He went and w- went to the excursion to get the age groups that, that they needed. And she started telling me her story. She asked if I wouldn't mind coming inside. So I, I did. She showed me some pictures on the wall and just started telling me um, how hard the season had been for her family. They were walking through so much grief. They said, she said that um, four family members had died just in the last couple of months, very suddenly, very unexpectedly. One of them was actually the day after Thanksgiving. It was a major car wreck, and the car ended up rolling six times. And, and yesterday, she had just gotten back, the, the day before, she had just gotten back from a funeral for someone who had died from COVID. And so it was just a really, really hard season for her family, and having these gifts was just like, just huge, huge for her and her kids. So even though it's not how, what we expected, God really met us there and made it really meaningful and, and personal. So, yeah. Thanks, Rihanna. Rihanna does a fantastic job coordinating these projects and helping us. She's, she's, what she's doing is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's, that's not just a win for Rihanna. That's our win because we all had a part in, in putting together those boxes. And so thank you um, for everybody for, for doing that. Uh, it's one of those things where we, don't, we never know. It's, it's a very open-handed thing. Like we don't know what's going to happen with that gift, but God's going to use it. And um, we're praying that those, there's seeds that are planted. And, and even for people who know God, like for light to break into the darkness like that, that's, again, that's the invisible God made visible. I want to invite uh, Pastor Brent up. Brent's going to come up and share some things. We, we, uh, we gathered some, um, some data of just some things that we wanted to celebrate, and Brent's going to share that. Hello? There we go. I feel like that commercial. But wait, there's more. Uh, you know, this morning in prayer... Um, uh, Terry read Philippians chapter four, and that was on my heart. Uh, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable, whatever is true. Think about these things. And this morning, we get to dwell on those things, which is awesome. And uh, I get to share some numbers with you. And, and numbers are really important. You know, numbers uh, give us a lot of information about what we're doing and what we're doing right and what we're doing that we need to adjust. And, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about numbers in the Bible. And in Acts, uh, chapter, six, uh, chapter 6, verse 7, it says that the number of disciples multiplied and the gospel increased. How do they know that? They were counting. Somebody was counting. I bet it was Matthew. That's my guess. Matthew was counting. Somebody was counting up the numbers. You know, all throughout Acts, you see like, oh, there was 120. Oh, there were 3,000. Oh, there were 5,000. Over and over, there were numbers. And at the beginning of Acts, it says that there were, they, that numbers were added to them. In the middle of Acts, it switches and starts saying that, that, that numbers of people were multiplied into the church. 
And, and you know, um, so I get the privilege of sharing some numbers with you, and, and one of them uh, is from uh, a, a ministry, actually, that Rihanna had a part of this last year as well that got, she got us involved in. We got a call from a, uh, a new school called Cardinal Academy. It's a new uh, high school in the Treasure Valley that specifically reaches um, new teen parents. And it's a really cool thing that they're doing. And so these teen parents go there for, for school, and that school is equipped with social workers to connect them with all of the resources that they need. So they get the resources like, that they need, like diapers and formula and, uh, and uh, everything from rent help to everything that a new parent might need those social workers can connect them with and those teachers are involved in. Well, we got this call that they needed help with Christmas gifts for the students and babies. And so, you know, we kind of, we kind of specialize in Christmas gifts to our community, so we were like, sweet, let's do it. So Rihanna got involved with this, and the teachers reported that they, as they were asking students what for one need and, what, and one want, that students had a hard time articulating that. Maybe not for their baby, they knew what their baby might need or want, but for themselves, what they might need or what they might want. And in the end, we were able to provide personalized parent and baby boxes for 37 families. Come on, yeah, we can celebrate that. The coolest part is that we got to pray over each of these 37 family boxes by name. We got to pray for them and support them and love them. And one of the teens thanked Rihanna and said it seemed like a really long time since anybody actually thought about them, not just the baby. Think about that for a second. We were a part of that. It helped them to feel seen. It helped them to feel loved in a season where they really didn't. You know, we've had a lot of uh, people give their lives to Christ here in our services here on campus and at the food bank. Um, online as well as here in the room. And sometimes those numbers are a little bit harder to track, but, you know, we can say for sure that people are coming to Jesus through Vineyard Boise. And one of the ways that we know that is through baptisms. And so, you know, how many of you have been to a baptism service here this last year at Vineyard Boise? Yeah, they're, they're really fun. It's really exciting. It's awesome to watch people come to Jesus. And in 2021, in our baptism services, specifically in this year, 56 people have been baptized. There are people of all ages, people of all backgrounds, making a commitment to Jesus and identifying with him through baptism. Um, you know, and that kind of goes into our next one, which is that uh, about twice a month, we do a meet and greet for people that are looking to get connected with Vineyard Boise. And in our meet and greet, and Kim and her team do a phenomenal job. If you've never been to a meet and greet, you need to go. They're a lot of fun. You get to share your story. You get to hear some stories and hear from everybody else and just get connected with people. It's a lot of fun. Um, and in this year, since we've started meet and greets, uh, over 70 people have attended meet and greets here at Vineyard Boise. And so that's really awesome. And then uh, I'm going to share one more uh, number with you. And this one's just super exciting to me. You know, we have a medical clinic here on campus and we have a food bank here on campus. And every, they're open every Wednesday and every Saturday. And there's an incredible team uh, of people uh, that are both volunteers and pastors and, and, and administrators that help coordinate those efforts. And in the last year, wait, just, just brace yourself. Brace yourself. In the last year, the food bank has served 25,376 people. 
25,376 people have received food from our food bank here. That's a really big deal. Let me tell you why. One single mom came through a few weeks back, and she was in line for food. She waited hours in line for food. While she was waiting hours in line for food, a volunteer came up and asked her if she needed prayer for anything. She shared her needs. That volunteer prayed with her, had a great time of prayer, and that volunteer invited her to church. That next morning, she was here in church with her family. You see, it's not just, we're not just meeting a felt need, we're meeting spiritual needs with people in it when they have an immediate need of food. They're here receiving uh, food, and then they get to hear about Jesus. Their kids get to go to children's ministry and, and hear from Pastor Kenny and Pastor Amber and the awesome team there. They get to meet with a greeter or go to meet and greet and meet Kim's team. They get to hang out and come up for prayer afterwards and, and, and receive prayer after a service. We've had people, <clears throat> you can ask any of the volunteers that, that minister at the food bank, we have people getting saved in line waiting for food in their car. They're making, yeah, they're making commitments to Christ in their car waiting for food. We also have had people, flat out miracles happen where people have gotten out of their car healed of a physical illness here at the food bank while they're waiting in line and they get prayer. They're waiting in line for food, but God heals them of what's going on in their body. Come on, that's awesome. We can celebrate that together. You know, 9,000 of the people that were served were served in Middleton, which is a community just outside of town here. God is doing things through Vineyard Boise. God's doing things through awesome ministries like Celebrate Recovery. God's doing things through awesome ministries like our children's ministry and our medical clinic. <clears throat> and, and, you know, just this last week, I was pastor on call <clears throat> and had some really awesome, just awesome encounters with people. And eight of the people out of that 25,336, I got to take boxes to just this week myself in homes of shut-ins, people that needed food. Uh, one lady, I, uh, her name is Jackie, and I took her um, food this week. She'd just gotten out of the hospital. And when she got home, there was nothing in the house and four people living with her at home and no food in the house. So she picked up the phone and said, I don't know what else to do, but I need food. And our food bank was closed, and she knew that. She knew that the food bank wasn't open that day, and she just said, can anybody there help me? And so not only, we didn't just put together some bread and cheese or whatever just really quick and slap something together. I delivered four boxes of food to her house that day. It was so awesome to be that, to be able to be that generous. Like when I, when I, when I, I asked Zach, I was like, hey, can we put together a, a, a food box? I was like, I just figured I'd go grab this little, you know, little thing and like set it outside the door. When I got to the food, food bank to pick it up, he had assembled such a generous amount of food. When I brought it into her house, she was just crying. And she said, I don't even know what to say except bless you and thank God. I said, I agree with that. Merry Christmas. <laughs> You know, we were able to be so abundantly above and beyond generous. And what I love about each of these numbers is that they're not just numbers. Each of these numbers are people. And God's all about people. He's all about touching and changing people through the local church. And that's us. And he's doing it through us each and every day, every week here at Vineyard Boise. And those numbers are really exciting. Amen? Amen. All right. You know, 
I mean, all these stories, they have some common elements. They have the, the struggles, the circumstances of living in this world, and then God's love and God's care for people breaking through, through his church. And that's, that's what God has called us to do, is to carry his image faithfully. And God is a, is a loving God who's very personal. And so it's, it's, um, it's such a, it's a really a, I mean, personally, when I get to be involved in one of those things, for example, as pastor on call, it's just an honor to be able to, to do that on our behalf. That's, again, I always feel like I'm just, I'm just the conduit of what God's doing through this body of believers that are committed to making him visible. So um, I'm going to ask Dre to come up. Dre Campbell, would you come up? you got a story to share. Where's Dre? Right there. You guys welcome Dre. Hey, kids. Hey. It's, it's kind of great seeing all the kids in here. I get to serve in the kids' ministry once in a while, probably once a month. And it's uh, probably about all I can handle, but I love seeing all you parents in here. <laughs> Keep them under control. It's great. There, no, you got great kids. So, uh, I kind of came at this a little more generalized, but then as you were talking, I got to a story. Yeah. Trevor said I could have two to three minutes, so I was shooting for two fifty nine, <laughs> potentially. So, um, Trevor said it had kind of been a weird two years. I, I think it's been kind of a tough two years, is how I'd put it. It's weird, tough, challenging new territory, um, things I haven't dealt with. I, as I was writing, I was thinking, what was the human response to all this? And it seems like, in a lot of ways, there's been a, like a technological acceleration to kind of go through this pandemic. And through that, I think I've seen a decelerated human inter- interpersonal relationships. They've kind of gotten farther apart, more technologically separated. And so I I've noticed stats of anxiety, depression, suicidality, isolation, and people's loss of perceived control have been over-realized in a way. And so I thought, like, what's the spiritual result of that, and how have I seen that take place? And part of that is uh, I've noticed people being hungry for uh, a depth of relationship and a depth of truth. So what is the depth of truth? Like, what is real? What is not real? We see polarized camps. What can I lean on? What can I lean into? Why am I here? Uh, deeper than Zoom, deeper than TikTok, deeper than these things that can give you little short clips of someone else's opinion. And it got me thinking, like, life is real. Life is really hard. Life can be really good. And uh, in John, Jesus calls us to be believers and to be friends, to love one another, and to lay our lives down for each other. And uh, Paul eloquently states, he says this, we do this by building each other up and by encouraging each other. And uh, we've had the chance this year to do this uh, through a small group in our home, which has been really organic. Um, A portion of it was before we came here, and it's kind of, as we came to the church, it's kind of grown, and we've adopted people, and it's been wonderful. And um, we've watched uh, God's work in people's hearts. It's been clear because a lot of people are questioning the deeper questions through through this time because of the challenges we've gone through the why am I here, what was I created for, why do bad things happen. And we've had the chance to talk about our creator, to talk about his plan for our lives, to talk about the reality sin, and then also the hope of eternal salvation in Jesus. And it's been great, right? And in this small group that we've had, we've seen huge blessings like vehicles. People pray for vehicles and people pray for housing. 
and people pray for jobs and healing. Like these, we have even the seat in our house that people kind of avoid because it's called the hot seat. And when you go there, like there's prayer that happens and miraculous things have happened. Um, long, deep-rooted unforgiveness has been released and just wonderful things. But we've also had like sickness. We've had loss. We've had grief. And we've had trials. And through it all, like Jesus has been just such a solid rock. And we've had the opportunity to go through life together. And like Trevor kind of said, it's a light in the darkness. Like even though there's been dark times and celebrations, we've realized what Paul and what Jesus said about the the value of being in, in community with one another. And it's been wonderful. And then more so being in the kids' ministry and being a part of the, the junior high and giving away the presents and the different, the baptisms here and the things. It's, it's wonderful to be a part of that. So two quick stories. One was on, um, for, for me and my wife personally, Natalie, I was, as we were going through life, um, we have this empty room in our house. And I would walk by and think, man, it's just kind of a shame we just have a room in our house. There's nothing going on with it. And just sit there, store things. And then one day the Holy Spirit was prompting me and said, you need to offer that room to somebody. And I was like, ah, oh, man, that's where we store our extra clothes. Like, you can't do that. That's where we put Christmas boxes. Just, just dumb human things. And um, it kept on hitting me, and I brought it up and hit me, and we started to pray on it. And then one day it was clear, you need to offer this room to this person. And I was like, oh, well, if my wife says it's okay, we'll find out. So I went to Natalie. I said, babe, I just have this feeling that we need to offer this room to this person. And she goes, I was in there yesterday cleaning the room that we don't use. And I got the, 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 the message from the Holy Spirit that we are supposed to offer it to somebody. And so we were, we were able to offer the room to someone. And this person was in need of a room for a while. And it's been just, and they were in a part of our Bible study. So it's been a wonderful thing seeing God show up and do a miraculous work and create a situation where now we're in community again and someone has a need that's been met. So praise Jesus for that. That's one where, yeah. And that worked in our hearts, right? And then another one, a, a guy that I had met who was questioning um, kind of just what's the meaning of it all, you know, through COVID, has kids and said, like, what am I doing? What's the purpose of it all? What happens if I were to die from COVID? What did I leave behind? What did all this? And it was pretty cool to watch Jesus transform his heart and go through a, um, a baptism, a salvation prayer, a baptism. And then when uh, Stanton came here and spoke, he never shared this with me, but his wife had gone through an adoption process. And um, we, he, he had prompted me and said, can we go to Stanton? Do you mind coming with me? I kind of want to make a donation there. And I said, yeah, sure. Let's go down there and check it out. And, we went down there and sat with the woman and had a good conversation about the needs there. And if you guys don't know what Stanton is, it's a pro-life um, alternative to, I guess, anti-life uh, solutions for people who are pregnant. And um, we went there, and they had expressed some needs that were made. And, and he said, I'm going to write a check. And she left the room, said, I'll leave you guys alone, which was kind of interesting. But we sat in the room together, and he scribbled out on the check. And I kind of saw it, and I thought it was a mistake what I saw, so I looked away. And uh, he folded it up and slid it across the table, and we walked out, and we got to walk out, and the lady came out crying, holding the check, and she goes, I can't believe what you did. This was the exact amount we needed to achieve our goal this year. And so that, that story all came from just sharing the Lord in these hard situations through a small group, and it, 
impacted whoever, however many families and children, but it's just another testimony of God using um, ordinary people who have no special qualities like myself and my friend and other people around us to do miraculous, amazing things because he's all-powerful. And I wanted to stop with uh, one little verse from the song. I was listening to Pandora this morning, and there's a song called My Jesus Song, and it says, let me tell you about my Jesus and let him change your life. And so, that's that. We have a a story we're going to tell by video. Uh, This is a story from uh, Steve Ball, who has been a part of our church team for... uh, probably close to 30 years, but he became a pastor on our team this year, which is the culmination of a story that has been going on for quite a while. Um, I got to hear more of that story when we were on a road trip together, and uh, he's currently in Spokane visiting his family for Christmas, but um, I I thought, I don't want to miss the opportunity to share this story, so Steve recorded it on video. Good morning, everyone. Pastor Trevor asked me to share with you how I became a vineyard pastor. So here we go. I got saved in 1980 in a Pentecostal church in Iowa. I got married and we moved to Florida. One time in the summer in 1983, a missionary came who was quite evangelistic and spoke a prophecy over me. I believed I had heard the call to be in the ministry. After that, I started going to school to be a pastor. There was a small Bible school that had a correspondence course where I attended church. Unfortunately, in 1984, the church had a split and I got spun out. As an early young believer, I was not so grounded. There was a leader I had trusted who had broken that trust with me. I had a very broken heart over what had happened there in that church. I was so upset about it, I had told God that this is how his children acted and behaved. I didn't want anything to do with his family. I had many years of pain and addictions after. That kept me away from God. Then I gave up my fight to let Jesus into my life again in 1992. He brought me here. He showed me his children do love, and I could have a home here in Boise where I've gone through many amazing times and still more of life's troubles with one difference. He was Lord. He gave me strength to endure. So in the beginning of this year, he started working on my heart about my trust in him and all things and even more to pray about being a pastor. Then several weeks later, on my 28th work anniversary, Michael, Pastor Michael, calls me and offers me the role of pastor over benevolence. Wow, what an amazing God we have. I wanted to lead in the benevolence in 2016. God knew there was still a fire that I had to go through. And Jesus came through in his timing to bring to fruition the call on my life that was 40 years in the making. I tell you what, it's been a joy. Um, And one of these days, you're going to get a chance to hear Steve's whole story, not just the abbreviated version, how he came to be a part of our team. And it's a, it's a, a, 
a surprising story. It's redemptive. Uh, nobody would have seen it coming. We didn't see it coming. And, uh, and, and it's so good. But, but you know, I, w- I wanted to feature that story because there's, there's things that many of us are holding on to that are promises that we've sensed from God that we, we haven't seen materialize. We haven't seen the, the, you know, even now as you're listening to this, you're thinking about the circumstances you're walking in and, and thinking, you know, gosh, when, when, when's my story going to get the redemptive part? And I don't always know. I mean, I, we don't know those things, uh, but God's faithful. We, here's what we know. We know God is faithful. We don't, we don't always know his plans, but we know his person. And he's faithful to the promises he's made to us. So if you're, if you're waiting, if you're holding on, don't give up. Be faithful and keep trusting yourself to the Lord. We got one more story, and that is from Steve Wolford. Steve, would you come up and share? Uh, would you guys welcome Steve? Thank you. Yeah, 2021 for Debbie and I has been an incredible year, uh, full of all kinds of stories, um, you know, sadness, hardness, challenges, victories. And we say goodbye to 2021. It's not over yet. We have five and a half days yet, and we see what God's doing. So there's more to come in the next five and a half days, I guarantee you. Um, but we say goodbye to 2021 and start 2022 with mixed emotions this year, but with great hope. And so I, I thank God. I thank God that it's still true. It's still true what it says in his word, that, that he loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die for us. And if we choose to believe in him, we're not going to perish. We're going to live forever with him. It's true. It's true what we're celebrating this week, Emmanuel. God is with us. He is. He is. It's his promise. He never breaks his promise, ever, ever. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. There's so many stories to draw from. We've only lived here six months. We're just blown away with our God. Blown away. Hard times, tears, laughter, joy, victories. But God is who he says he is. We see him at work. And this year I got to turn 60 years old. And, and one thing just stands out for me in the last year, in the last two years. And that is the invitation by him to come closer, come deeper, get to know me better. And as I have, as I said, we've been blown away by what has come out of that because everything comes from that intimacy with him, that invitation to come close to him. Everything comes out of that. And I'm reminded of that old song that some of you are closer to my age. We grew up singing, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still. Never fear, only trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That happiness is joy. And that joy is our strength. And that is one of the fruits of the spirit, the very character of Jesus. Come closer. 
come deeper, get to know me better. That's his invitation. And when we do, it's unbelievable. We've heard the stories today. I love it when God selects one person who feels like they're forgotten and that they're not seen or heard. And he chooses you and I to work through. It's beautiful. Through the strength and power of his Holy Spirit, the sensitivity to his Holy Spirit. I'm grateful. And Debbie works here at Vineyard Academy teaching first grade. And I was here one morning with her and, and got to empty the garbage and take it out to the dumpster. They told me where to go. I was brand new. I'm not, I didn't even know where the dumpster was. And as I went back there and walked back inside, there was a young man sitting there. And the Spirit just said, go over and talk to him. And I went over and greeted him, told me who he was, and burst into tears. <laughs> he didn't have a home. He poured out his heart. I said, you know what? There's, there's a prayer meeting going on inside right now. Would you like to come inside and join that? He goes, yes, I would. We came in, some of you here today, you laid hands on him and prayed for him. And he's a work in progress. And he is following Jesus. And I praise God for that. But after that, I took him down to the rescue mission so he could have a bed to sleep in that night. And that was the beginning of a whole new story. But on the way, he said, oh, I need to go by and drop this phone off with somebody. And so we drove down to the riverbed. And he said, oh, I need to walk ahead. And I said, can I come with you? And he said, I thought you'd say that. And I said, yes, I'm coming with you. So he took me down to a place. And there was a young lady with her son there. And she was asleep. And she woke up. And for 20 minutes, we stood there. And the power of the Holy Spirit fell. And we talked of Jesus. And we prayed together. And she spoke. And most of what she spoke for like over five minutes, she talked of a book that she had read about Shackleton, who had explored the Antarctic. Their ship had broken up, and they, he and all of his men got out. And she talked about courage and endurance. Courage and endurance. This young lady with nowhere to live. Scrappy young lady. I have such respect for her. And that book had spoken to her about courage and about endurance and not giving up. Nothing about Jesus in that book. And I thought, she said, I need to ask my dad to get that book for me again because it's such an incredible book. And I just made a note, we should get that book for her and just give it to her and bless her with it. I went on my way with this young man. And not long after that, I was with my friend Charles doing some business around town. And Charles said, hey, before you drop me off, could we go buy a, a yard sale just down the street from my house? And I said, yeah, sure. So we go buy this yard sale and Charles is looking at stuff and I'm, I'm just in there looking in the garage at books. I love books. I'm looking at all these books, and I just stand up. I'm literally standing like this, just waiting on Charles. And I look down, and I look right at the spine of a book, and it says endurance. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Um, didn't think anything of it, and I picked it up. It was that book, that very book. I can't even tell you the story well enough for you to appreciate what the Holy Spirit did in that moment. I felt the weight of the love of God in that moment so powerfully, I almost went to the ground. I said, I can't do that here. <laughs> It'd be embarrassing. The love the Father has for a forgotten one in the riverbed with nowhere to live. A book that's not even about him. <laughs> so I picked the book up. I took it to the woman at the desk and I said, I'll be right back. It was 50 cents. I said, I have two quarters in my car. I'm gonna, I'll go get them. I'll come right back and buy this book. And another lady heard me and said, 
sir, I'll buy that book for you. I'll pay for it. And normally I go, no, 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 I'll take care of it. But the Holy Spirit said, no, let her buy it for you because she needs to hear this story. So I said, okay. I said, thank you very much. She bought me the book, but I said, you have to hear the story. So we went outside and Charles and I, we told her the story and what this book was about and what it was for and the love of God. And she said, oh, where do you go to church? She said, Vineyard. She said, oh, I said, where do you go to church? She says, oh, church is everywhere. She began to speak in all kinds of new age terms. <laughs> and so we were able to share with her about Jesus. We were able to pray for her and share with her the joy of who Jesus is and how much God cared for her that she got to be a part of this story and paying for this book because God has something for her too. And we got in the car and we just drove away. Charles and I were celebrating. And we just said, Lord, thank you. Holy Spirit, water the seed planted today. Send Apollos. Would you please send Apollos? Thank you for what you did. So we gave that book to that young lady. I think it blew her mind. It blew all our minds. There were so many of us that were blessed from that. I was especially blessed from that. Just the incredible love of the Father that day. Unbelievable. And that girl's still a work in prog progress, just like you are, just like I am. But praise God. Praise God. This is who we serve. I have come, Jesus said, that you may have life and you may have it to the full. That's who he is. That's who he is. And his mercies are new every morning. Praise God. You know, we just wanted to share some stories that would uh, remind us, that would awaken hope and awaken joy, celebrate what God's doing, maybe inspire our faith to, you know, we say, let's go make the invisible God visible. God does that through our lives, oftentimes orchestrating things that we didn't expect. I think some of the, the opportunities that we have to cooperate with God are often the things that weren't on our agenda for the day. But if we're open to God leading us, then we suddenly find ourselves in the midst of a God opportunity. Um, that's what these stories are about. There's lots of stories we could tell. Um, I'm going to put a slide up here that has an email address. If you have a story that, that you would, would like to share, we would love to hear that. We'd love to find a, a, a way to get that out. So we're going to put up an email address here. Uh, whether you're uh, online or you're on campus, you can use that email address to send in your story. And um, we would love to, to keep celebrating stories like this because we need these things that, that awaken our faith and remind us of who our God is. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back and lead us in one last song because um, this is not about us. This is, these are stories that happened in our community as a spiritual family, but these are not, we're not the heroes of these stories. God's the hero of these stories. Um, this is God at work in his world, and, and we often get to be a part of it, and that's an incredible honor. But this is all about God. So we're going to just close the song. I'd ask you to stand. And as, uh, as they're getting ready here, I want to read you one last letter. This is from Pastor Soda. Uh, Soda uh, pastors the Karin population um, here in our church. In fact, there's a Karin service going on right now, which is uh, people from the Burma slash Myanmar uh, part of the world. And uh, many of them came over here as refugees over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, but Soda sent in this letter from one of his church members. This is from uh, Chris Tu. And she says, I'm thankful for Vineyard Church. My name is Chris Tu, and I would like to testify about prayer that, that let God's healing on me. When I lived in Myanmar, I did not know that I had liver disease. When I moved to America in 2010, a doctor examined me and told me that I had liver disease. 
The doctor did not give me any medications. The doctor told me that for my disease, I can only endure it. At that time, I was brokenhearted and filled with tearfulness. In 2012, I was pregnant and the family doctor took care of me, gave me a medication to prevent my disease from being passed to my child. The medication was really strong and it made me fatigued a lot. I was very sick and I had to always go to the hospital. I'm thankful for God in healing me. On the recent date of October 28th, 2021, the doctor told me that to get an ultrasound, or told me to get an ultrasound. In my heart, I thought my liver disease is destroyed because I had that disease for 11 years. My liver is destroyed because I had that disease for 11 years. Before I went to the scan, I went to the Vineyard Church Food Bank. Three people prayed for me there, and then I went to get examined by the doctor. The doctor informed me that, informed me that I was normal. I was happy, and I praise God. I'm thankful for the ministry and the way that God is working through you to use you. I will not be able to forget what you guys have done for me, what God has done for her. Amen. Let's sing about the goodness of God. And I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God all my life. Oh, and all I love your voice. You have led me through the fire, and in darkest night, you are close like no other. Yes, you are. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. I Your goodness is running after me. We sing because your goodness is running after, running after me. And your goodness is running after, running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered out. I give. See it again, your goodness. 
again let's just lift our hands in this place God we celebrate your goodness wow we celebrate your pursuit not of not only of us but of all the people that you lead us to of all the all the brokenness you pursue God you pursue and so we thank you and we thank you for your fingerprints all over this year and Lord we surrender afresh to you this, this morning and we give you 2022 with great hope and expectation that you're gonna to continue to show yourself good. You are good and we love you and we praise you today. Let's all say together, amen, amen, amen. Well, bless you guys, have a great day. Um, if you need prayer for any reason, we do have a ministry team on both sides of the stage by the screen. We'd love to pray for you. And uh, with that, go and make the invisible God visible. Like you've already been doing all year, go do it some more. In Jesus' name, bless you guys. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.